Hi, welcome to my Intermittent Fasting Journal by Donna Reich. I am excited to come on and teach you about intermittent fasting, and um, you can find this eventually on my podcast, the Inter Intermittent Fasting Journal, and uh, also on my face, my um, the Facebook page by the same name that uh, will be starting soon by the time you listen to this, and also on um, DonnaReach.com, my blog. So anyway, thank you for joining me on today's podcast episode. Today, I am going to be talking about my first week on intermittent fasting. And uh, I'm going to start with some backstory, and uh, then I'm going to catch up to where I I'm uh, at the end of the first week of intermittent fasting, and uh, at the end, I'm going to be defining um, IF protocols. So this is going to be a journal slash teaching because, uh, as many of you know, I am a teacher. I uh, my undergraduate degree is in elementary education. My master's work is in reading education, and I uh, have written 100 curriculum books for homeschoolers and Christian schools, and now those are going. Uh, out in downloadable products for public school teachers as well. And so uh, I'm a teacher through and through and also a Plexus ambassador. So um, I would be happy to ha answer any of your questions as to how intermittent fasting and Plexus supplements also work together. Uh, but that's not the purpose of this uh, journal right now. So anyway, first of all, I want to backpedal to um, I guess what, what I would say is five years ago. Five years ago, I uh, actually six years ago, I was very sick with um, prediabetes. And uh, they didn't know what it was. They didn't know why I was having all these symptoms because they said that my sugar was not high enough for me to be symptomatic. So it had to be something else causing these symptoms. And they didn't. I went to uh, Cleveland, uh, various doctors in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, you know, it, even though I was symptomatic, for, I guess, diabetics, um, my sugar was not high enough to be called a diabetic. So in that regard, they call it pre-diabetic. But my symptoms are also carbohydrate intolerance. But my symptoms were such that I uh, was acting as though I was diabetic as far as um, I was, I would blow, one, the one particular summer that this really got bad in, I would um, bloat up so badly during the day, throughout the day, I would start out and I would be able to fasten my clothes okay in the morning. Um, but by the end of the day, I was bloated so much that I actually looked pregnant. And I've had eight pregnancies, so um, I know what I'm talking about there. I would bloat up so badly that I would look and feel pregnant. And um, I had to unfasten my clothes. And then by the end of the summer, I just gave up and went and got three uh, pairs of capris, maternity capris, because I just couldn't wear anything. Even though I wasn't technically gaining weight, I just could not quit bloating up every day. And uh, it was just a very strange bloating, not just like, a, oh, I need to have a bowel movement or, oh, wow, I ate too many green beans or, or chili or whatever. It was just a very odd, a very obvious bloating. Um, and uh, then I would all, I also had other symptoms. And uh, one of my worst symptoms of all, worst of all, was um, night blindness. And uh, I could not see once the late afternoon and evening came I had um, I had contact lenses and I had glasses for um, 
nearsightedness. So I could see near, but I couldn't see far. Um, but even with my contacts and my glasses, in the evening, I was unable to see to drive. And I couldn't drive once it got dark. It was just too dangerous. And um, I also could not read at night um, and in the evenings. And uh, but or during in the morning I could so you can see it was just a it was just a daily thing that kept happening each day, and so I would um, uh, it was really bad because I couldn't drive myself anywhere in the evenings. Thankfully it was summer and then on into the fall before we got to the bottom of it, um, and so I was able to uh, you know drive into the evening a little bit, but once it got dark I couldn't drive, and then. Um, the other problem was that I was doing a lot of public speaking at the time. My husband and I were doing a lot of parenting seminars and homeschooling workshops at that time. And we, uh, like, one of the, during that time, we went to Florida and did a, a long uh, weekend uh, workshop of our uh, homeschooling workshops. And uh, we would do parenting workshops and so forth, uh, especially that summer. And um, we had to get a magnifying page, a, a magnifying paper. Uh, it's clear, but you put it over your whole piece of paper in order for me to read my notes to speak uh, when it got to the B the evening. So it was really scary, and you know I could not figure out what all was going on with me. But it actually peaked at Thanksgiving time when we were visiting our daughter with our three youngest sons, and we were out in Texas for Thanksgiving, and um, we were playing cards as we often did, and it was evening time. And uh, my daughter is notorious. Well, we used to be together, but now she continued the tradition of making homemade butterscotch pudding. And she just makes an outstanding, amazing butterscotch pudding. And um, so some, I, I laid the card down to lead. And I said, somebody said, what's Trump? And I pointed to my card and I said, I tapped and I said, homemade butterscotch pudding. That was my answer. My answer made no sense. I just said homemade butterscotch pudding as opposed to clubs or spades or diamonds or whatever. So we eventually got to the bottom of it, corrected my vitamin D problem, and also I went on a low-carb diet and kind of healed myself, so to speak. And um, so all, also during that time, I had my gallbladder out, and I had so many things to try to get to the bottom of it. Um, but at any rate, that was between five and six years ago. So I went on a low-carb diet to heal my pre-diabetes. Um, and then uh, fast forward to almost two years ago, and that's when I found Plexus. So I started taking Plexus supplements, and I was able to stay on a low-carb diet. Uh, let me back up and say my pre-diabetes symptoms, they were gone as a result of my moderate-carb diet. I was on a 50, uh, 80 to 100-carb diet. Uh, and, and I didn't lose a lot of weight. As a matter of fact, during the three years prior to Plexus, I didn't lose any weight. But I was able to keep my symptoms at bay and feel a lot, lot better. And so then um, during uh, that time, I also dabbled in keto. And I've dabbled in keto different times. But those of you who um, are not keto people, or uh, if you've tried it, maybe you've had some of the same problems I've had, and that is that I do not like enough of the five things that you eat in keto. In keto, you eat vegetables, uh, non-starchy vegetables, meat, eggs, nuts, and cheese. Um, of course, you can eat whole fat dairy as well, butter, um, cream, cream cheese, sour cream, things like that. Um, my problem with that was that I didn't like enough things. Uh, 
of those food categories. And so keto never really worked for me really well. So those three years, I tried off and on keto. I tried to, you know, moderate my carbs and so forth to heal myself, which I did. Then I started on some supplements. And through supplementation, I was able to go down to 50 carbs a day and, um, you know, just really did great eating wise and felt better than ever. I just had so much energy and, um, you know, I didn't really cheat a lot. I didn't, you know, have these, I, I wasn't tempted to cheat. I was really in control once I started on these supplements, but I did not lose very much weight. I lost maybe a pound a month and um, that was it. And I did that for two years. And fast forward to a couple of weeks ago when I discovered Jen Stevens's um, Delay Don't Deny um, book and uh, some other podcasts and her podcast and, and some other um, online sites and started learning more about intermittent fasting. So I, I need to back up to six months ago. I had learned about intermittent fasting through a book about 16-8, and I'm going to be defining some of those terms later, but basically that means that you fast for 16 hours and you don't eat for eight and you eat for eight. And um, a lot of people are having success with that. Um, but I wasn't really losing weight on that approach. I also was very, very hungry. I was surprised um, once the 12, 12 hour mark came by, I started getting very hungry. So 12 to 16 hours, that was very, very difficult for me. And I would often eat fat during that time, like a piece of bacon or a fat bomb or something like that to um, keep me from, you know, breaking the fast, so to speak. Because I had read that you can break the, you can not break the fast if you just eat a little bit of fat. And so, but I didn't lose with 16, eight. Um, and it was also very hard. So when I first started looking into and I found uh, Jen's book and I started reading it and I started listening to the podcasts, then I understood the reason that I was so hungry is because I was eating. I was drinking like uh, lemonade sweet with stevia and um, uh, limeade that I would make myself with stevia. And I was eating just a little bit of fat to keep me from being ravenous. And uh, now I understand about clean fasting, which I'm going to be teaching about in the coming weeks. But I understand about clean fasting that anytime you eat anything uh, at all, um, including fat like cream or cream cheese or whatever, that starts your digestion, digestive process and it makes you hungry. So I learned about that. And. I decided to try intermittent fasting again, only to try one of the stricter protocols since I had it lost really well on 16-8. Uh, like I said, I lost one pound a month and I was in control of my eating and I was eating, you know, uh, 80 to 100 carbs a day and I was feeling great, but I still wasn't losing much weight. So um, I decided to set out and uh, what would be a week ago on intermittent fasting and to use the uh, what is sometimes called the OMAD one meal a day protocol uh, which that means different things to different people and uh, to to me that means that I don't eat for uh, 18 to 20 hours and I do eat for four or five hours and during that four or five hour window um, you can eat whatever you want um, which is something I'm going to be talking about in future episodes as well. You can eat whatever you want, but you um, you uh, 
try not to overeat, obviously. And um, actually, there are a lot of things that happen to your body that keep you from overeating, which I think is very exciting that I've been reading about, and I'm anxious to put it to the test and uh, teach you more about that. Um, but for me, OMAD means that I'll break my fast with uh, a Slim. That's my uh, drink that I drink, my supplement drink, and, um, and a snack. So cheese cracker, cheese and crackers, um, uh, tortilla chips and salsa, you know, something small, usually um, a banana. Um, and then I have a meal. And then if I'm hungry later on, I have a dessert. So um, that is what I set out to do. And uh, within the, the first day was very interesting because the first day that I tried this longer protocol, which, you know, I just mentioned I was having trouble on 16 hours and now I was looking at this longer protocol, but I felt that everything I'd read on Jen's pages and groups and everything that I'd heard, I felt like I could probably do this based on what everybody's saying, because when the fast ends, you eat whatever you want. Now, um, that means different things for different people because there are plenty of intermittent fasters who eat keto or eat paleo or eat um, low carb or, or they eat low cow or they eat low fat, you know, but they're missing definitely one of the great aspects of intermittent fasting to me, which is um, being able to have food freedom. Uh, but, you know, that's up to each person what they want to eat during their during their eating window. So I set out and the first day it was really interesting. The first day that I started um, was my long teaching day. I teach for nine hours on Thursdays without a break. Um, I mean, we're talking like no potty break, no lunch break, nothing. So that was a really good day for me to start because I'm way, way, way too busy to eat anyway. So um, I teach um, homeschool students and private students in my home. And uh, so I set out to start teaching and I did everything that they said to do in the clean fasting. So in the clean fasting, they recommend you can have black coffee or unsweetened tea, which I don't like either. Um, but I did drink uh, my supplement, uh, a five calorie uh, stevia sweetened drink, uh, which balances blood sugar. So I wasn't worried about it unbalancing my blood sugar. That's one thing is that if you eat something sweet, it, you can have an insulin release. And if you have an insulin release, then that starts putting your body into hunger mode. So I did everything that they said, except for my my um, uh, slim and uh, drank my water and. The day just flew by. We were going out that evening for my uh, son's girlfriend's birthday. And I remember thinking, if this really works, I will go to a restaurant without taking my own bread, my own low-carb homemade bread. Um, I have a blog, DonnaReach.com, where I teach people how to cook low-carb, which is really nice because um, I'm still planning to implement a lot of those healthy meals into my uh, into my intermittent fasting protocol. Um, but I remember thinking, I will be going to a restaurant tonight in which I don't take either, you know, my own butter, low fat kind of butter deal, or I don't take my own low carb bread that I made myself, or and one in which I am going to order anything I want off the menu. And it was it was scary <laughs> because after these five years of being so entrenched in everything has to be low carb, everything has to be low carb. Um, you know, it was it was an unusual situation. But I remember thinking all day that day, 
I cannot eat all day. I can go 20 hours without eating because I'm going to a restaurant and I'm ordering whatever I want. And so I did and um, uh, promptly lost a pound that first day, which, you know, is obviously water weight. But still, it was just like I went to a restaurant and I ate two slices of little slices of homemade bread and I ate um, half a rack of ribs with barbecue sauce. That's the other thing. I always get my ribs unbarbecued. I was like, oh, and um, mashed potatoes and a salad. And um, it was it was phenomenal. And and I was just like, if this really, really, really works, I know I could do this forever. Uh, that's just how I felt that first day. It was just so there's so much food freedom after five years of watching everything to try to you'd be surprised even if you eat 50 or 60 or 80 carbs a day what that really looks like in terms of um, okay if I'm gonna have an apple that's 25 carbs I definitely cannot have a banana I definitely cannot have I can only have one piece of my low-carb bread for five I can have my green beans for five I can have you know my low-carb toast with my egg for five each and you know maybe some strawberries or something and it's just gone your carbs are just gone they're just used up and so um, that's why this was so you know refreshing it wasn't like I was gonna eat mashed potatoes and white bread every night and barbecue ribs every night I just the fact that I could you know without having to uh, eating out for the last five years because of always trying to stay low-carb has just been um, it's always been a thing. It's just a thing. I go to an Italian restaurant uh, with my family. We have seven children, uh, four children's in law, children's children in law, um, three grandkids. We do a lot of things as a family. Pizza night. I'm putting pizza sauce, sugar-free pizza sauce, on low-carb bread and making my own, um, you know, my own little bread pizzas. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. And there's nothing wrong with eating more healthfully. But, do you, but does it have to be all the time where you never, ever have anything that everybody else is having, you know, where you're always having to, okay, you go to an Italian restaurant, you take your own bread, you take, you get meatballs, and you get a salad, you know, and, and this is what I've been trying to do for five years. So you can imagine the, the food freedom that I felt as a result of uh, my first day of intermittent fasting. So um, that first week was um, amazing and I did get hungry uh, and I'm learning that they're saying that it takes uh, three weeks for your body to get into appetite correction uh, and that is a, do a book by um, I can't remember who it's by I think it's by Herring um, but I will put it in the show notes uh, and that is where it teaches about how your appetite is corrected so that you don't get hungry I fast with water my uh, five calorie supplement drink once my supplements and um, I don't I don't use anything else uh, and that I, I'm shocked I'm in shock that I couldn't make it 16 hours but I can make it 20 and 22 um, now that I'm doing a clean fast that's what that that's what Jen calls that she calls that a clean fast where you have nothing but black coffee unsweetened tea and water and um, you don't even have gum or mints or anything that would cause an insulin release uh, that would cause your body to be, oh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Um, and so I, I, 
it, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, when I first learned about this, I remember thinking, I can't even do the 16-8. How in the world could I ever do the 19-5 or the 20-4 or the 21-3 or any of the other protocols that are out there? I just remember thinking there's just no way in the world I could do that. So um, anyway, the first week. The first week is over. I lost two pounds the first week, which... You have to remember, I only lose a pound a month, and that's with being strict and all, with being strict on low carb, eating 80, 60 to 100 carbs a day. That's strict. Um, I mean, it's not keto, but it's strict as far as really, really watching my carbs, making everything from scratch, making everything homemade uh, from my own homemade mixes and everything. Um, and I'm still teaching about that at the blog, so don't worry. Um, but yeah, that's doing all of those things, and. I now know, <laughs> now that I am doing intermittent fasting and I'm not counting calories, I'm not counting carbs, and I'm not um, counting, I'm not counting anything. Um, I do have to, I, I'm realizing that I am setting some days up as sugar-free days entirely just to keep myself accountable for what I know is healthier for my body uh, because of my pre-diabetes and everything. So that's where all my recipes at my blog are going to really help a lot. Um, and also a lot of the recipes at my blog are very um, low carb and high fat because um, that's how low carb <laughs> tends to be. Uh, the sugar is gone and the fat is in its place to make you feel satisfied and to take the place of the sugar. If you have low fat and low sugar, I mean low fat and no sugar, low carb, you'd be surprised what you end up with. It's not very tasty. Um, so uh, one of the things that I've already learned, well, I've learned so many things my first week, but one of the things that I already learned is that since I was doing low carb and high fat, I was just so calorie dense. And now I realize, you know, it didn't matter how good I was, how faithful I was to my counting my carbs, to eating my homemade foods and all of those things. And I feel like this is a real problem with people who don't do keto, but they try to do low carb to try to do low carb. You can lose that. You can lose it in the beginning for that on that because your calorie deficit is usually pretty big at first, especially if you were like a pop drinker or um you know, you ate candy and chips and things like from a gas station, those tight snacky type of things. So the calorie deficit is big enough the first, you know, month or two or three or four, depending on how much weight you have to lose on low carb. But then you need fewer and fewer calories. Your body needs fewer and fewer calories and you are not going down low enough um, because you are eating so much fat. Um, so I talk about this in a blog post as well as in another video uh, called Three um, Surefire Ways to Lose Weight. Um, and because, you know, even if you don't believe in Weight Watchers or calorie counting or meal delivery or whatever, there's an element of calorie in, calorie out that nobody can can uh argue too much because otherwise people wouldn't be losing weight on it. Now, I'm not saying they're maintaining on it. I'm saying that everybody loses when they make a calorie deficit that's big enough, right? That's why people are starving and they're thin in other countries because they don't have enough calories. But with what I was finding was that because I was low carb, but I wasn't keto, so I wasn't so low. I wasn't 20 to 30 carbs or even 30 to 40 carbs a day. So I didn't have that ketosis uh, benefit that you get that causes your body to start burning its own fat. I didn't have that benefit from keto 
of being so low carb that I would go into ketosis. Um, but I was low carb enough to be healthy and to feel good, but I was too calorie dense because I would eat things like, you know, nuts and cream cheese and everything made with almond flour and so on. And But I wasn't so low that I would lose very much weight. So I lost a pound a month for two years almost, uh, 20 months. And, um, and I was pretty faithful to what my plan was, but it just wasn't low enough. So what have I learned already? So many things that I learned. I have learned that uh, we, 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 that we don't need nearly as much food as we think we do. I have learned that the empowerment that comes from uh, intermittent fasting, that when you get to 440 in the afternoon and, you know, your window, your eating window is going to be open at five o'clock and you haven't had anything since nine o'clock the evening before and you realize that you did it another day, that you made it another day, that it's just amazing. It's so amazing. It's such a cool, cool feeling. Um, I'm starting to learn some techniques and mechanisms that I'm going to be sharing each week on the podcast uh, for getting through, especially the first three weeks, um, because everything that I'm reading is saying that the first three weeks are the times that, you know, that's the most, they're the most challenging days because you, uh, your, uh, your body is still adjusting and so forth. So it's more difficult during that time. Um, but I'm learning that it's not as hard as I thought it was. That with clean fasting, I can do it a lot more easily. With um, the food freedom is, you know, just being able to just have the kids over and make something and eat with them. That has been uh, a big, big difference. It's just, um, it's an amazing feeling and it feels right. You know, not that I pig out all the time by any stretch of the imagination. As a matter of fact, uh, you just can't. You get full really fast. <laughs> I already am feeling the appetite correction, the AC uh, phenomenon already, which I, I was really pleased with. But so you can't pig out and you don't. Um, but uh, just that whole um, family and and feasting and not always having to, you know, think about what I'm going to make. Um, already the first weekend, we've definitely saved a lot of money. Um, you know, I just I used to order all this food on Amazon and all of this, uh, go to the grocery and get all these uh, foods to make all of these recipes, which I still am testing recipes and putting them at the blog um, because I love uh, creating healthy and healthier recipes. And I teach families how to make healthier things for their families at my blog. But um, but just you know, making one meal a day for the two of us and, uh, you know, maybe having a snack, you know, maybe having a dessert. It is such a huge money saver already in one week. One of my favorite things so far is definitely the time saving. I, uh, if you go to my blog, DonnaReach.com, you will see that one of my categories is productivity, efficiency, organization, those type of things. As a homeschooling mom for 32 years, I really learned a lot about productivity and diligence, and it's very important to me to get a lot done. I feel like I'm on this earth for a lot of reasons, to help a lot of people in a lot of areas. And I can only do that if I am efficient and productive. And so the time savings all day long, you know, when I used to be, you know, making myself food um, 
and you know preparing food for the freezer and so on and so forth um, that is gone the simplicity of it it's a very simple approach and I love that so far so um, anyway that's my first week two pound loss you know whatever that means um, right now you know if right now I'm keeping it off and um, going into uh, the next week and I'm super super excited about it so uh, before I go I want to I want to define some things what I would like to do in this podcast is give a diary so to speak of what I've been finding and what I've what I've been doing you know weight loss you know health goals and so forth and then also um, uh, at the end give like a lesson because I'm a teacher and then at the very end I will uh, talk about how uh, plexus supplements can fit into your intermittent fasting. So by that regard, you know, you can listen to the journal, you can listen to my lessons, and you can either stay for the uh, plexus information or you don't have to. And that way I'm able to help more people, those who are not necessarily using plexus supplements but are just doing intermittent fasting. So uh, the first thing that I think is really important for people to understand is that you're not going to starve yourself. Um, that your body, I mean, I have, I still have 26 pounds to lose. So our bodies have a lot of um, stored fat to use. And, and if we do what is taught through intermittent fasting and we do it correctly, our body will use our stored fat and it will just melt away. And I'm just amazed by the pictures in the intermittent fasting groups. So you can go check those out too. Um, so uh, you're not going to starve to death, and it is not going to ruin your metabolism. As a matter of fact, uh, Jen and Melanie in their podcast, uh, Intermittent Fasting, I think it's just called the Intermittent Fasting Podcast, they have a lot of studies showing how, showing how it does not... Um, it does not slow your metabolism down. As a matter of fact, uh, your body goes into fat burning better than it does in any in most other approaches. It's more similar. Your body responds more similarly, like keto. So you think you know if you tried to do keto before and you wanted your you wanted to get those strips purple, you know, they pee on those strips and you wanted to get those strips purple so that you could go into ketosis so you could burn fat and, and that's why you kept low carb, right? So that you could get yourself into ketosis. The same thing happens during intermittent fasting. So it's not unhealthy. It's not, you're not going to starve to death. Um, it's not going to ruin your metabolism. And I'm going to talk more about that as I learn more about it. But I just know that the studies are there for that, for sure. Um, uh, as far as the terminology and what everything means, and just, just kind of as a brief overview, um, it's called IF. Intermittent fasting is the terminology and the abbreviation that you often see, and there are various protocols. And so there's, um, and there are a lot of books about it as well. Um, the uh, Fast Five is the book that talks about um, how you can uh, um, eat fast for 19 hours and then eat for five. So that's every day that you do that, and uh, that is. The, the protocol that, uh, um, I forgot his name, um, that he teaches in that Fast Five book. And it is uh, um, a window, what they call an eating window. So sometimes it's called a fasting window and a feasting window, or just be called a fasting window and an eating window. And so they say open the window when somebody starts to eat, close the window when somebody closes it. 
So uh, within the intermittent fasting, there's uh, there, there are all different kinds of uh, levels. So the 16-8 was one I described earlier, and that is fasting for 16 hours and eating for eight. And uh, for me, that just wasn't low enough to um, to uh, actually cause my um, uh, my body to burn enough cal to to I don't know if it didn't cause me to go into ketosis and burn fat during that 16 hours uh, because I was do I was drinking a lot of lemonade with stevia. I was doing other things too, uh, eating fat bombs and so on to try to keep going until I start until I ended the fasting period. Um, or if I just consumed too many calories during my eight hour window, um, because actually I was doing low carb during my eight hour window. So I was probably just consuming too many calories, but that's 16, eight. And then there are all others that you'll hear about 18, six, 19, five, 20, and then four, um, one meal a day. OMAD, O-M-A-D, capital O, capital M, capital A, capital D, OMAD is what some people call that. And that is one meal a day. And that's, like I said, with a snack potentially and a dessert. And during that time, people eat whatever they want and whatever their protocol is. So if you're still on low carb, you eat low carb. If you're still on paleo, you eat paleo. There are um, a lot of a lot of drinkers, I will say, on those um, on the in those groups. Um, I'm personally not a drinker, but they are drinking wine and um, losing weight milkshakes and all kinds of things um, because their body is burning fat during the fasting period. Then there are also other ones where they go EOD every other day, and that's where they eat one day, fast one day, eat one day, fast one day. That sounds really brutal to me, but <laughs> I like to I like to have food in the evenings with my family members, either my husband or um, some of our kids. Um, anyway, that's just, but you know, you you do it to fit your lifestyle. And then there's also um, five two, and in that protocol, you eat regularly for five days, and you fast for two days a week and that can mean different things to different people some people just have a 500 calorie day on that day which i think would make you even hungrier but they have a 500 calorie day where they just like eat a boiled egg and then later on they eat you know some chicken breast and then later on they eat a salad and then later on they eat an apple or whatever and they have 500 calories and they do that two days a week and then they eat regularly the other five um, the the premise of that is making a calorie deficit to lose weight. So they're trying to narrow their calorie margin. So for five days, they eat whatever they want. For two days, they eat um, these 500 calories. And then their thinking is that that's going to create a large enough deficit. It would, you know, that they should lose weight overall over a given week. I think that sounds a little bit dangerous because if you've heard me talk about the three surefire ways to lose weight, you know that uh, Bringing in parameters is really important if you want to lose weight. And that just feels kind of loosey-goosey to me. Um, I will say um, that my dad, who just passed away this spring at 79, he went on this crazy diet that he made up himself where he would not eat anything but boiled eggs um, or pineapple. Um, there were a few things that he would eat, cottage cheese, uh, for three days a week. And then he would eat the other four, whatever he wanted. And he lost 100 pounds over 10 years doing that. Um, well, actually, it was over a few years. And then he kept it off for uh, the for 10. Um, so uh, we all thought he was crazy. And here, you know, it's a thing. And um, it actually probably extended his life now that I look back because he was a very had a lot of ailments. So anyway, that is my first intermittent fasting journal. And um, 
I look forward to teaching you more about this and um, starting a group where I can help people, you know, with whatever I've learned and as I learn. Um, I have, am of the school of thought that you just have to be a little bit ahead of people in some area that you're trying to teach them. And as long as you are dedicated to learning and to practicing what you learn, you can bring others along with you and teach them. And so um, that's what I'll be doing uh, with through this intermittent fasting journal. So uh, I look forward to uh, having some of you join me. And thanks a lot for listening. Um, oh, I know what else I was going to say. You can find me at DonnaReach.com. Uh, and uh, my Facebook page is also called Donna Reich, and the Facebook group that's going to be associated with intermittent fasting is going to be uh, my intermittent fasting journal. So um, anyway, hope to see you soon.